Our anthem, it is so good to be with you today. I know that I can't see any of your faces and I can't really interact with you right now, but just knowing that you are on the other side of the screen uh, in some way with me, it, it makes me feel a little bit better. Uh, we are of one heart, the same mind, the same heart uh, Christ has given us. And so even just knowing that fact uh, gives me a little bit of comfort. Uh, David writes these words in Psalm chapter 37, verse 10. He says this, In a little while, and the wicked will be no more. A little while, and the wicked will be no more. And the context that David writes this in is, he has been anointed as king over Israel, and Saul, who is the current king of Israel, has chased David out of the city, and he's chased him into the countryside, into the hillside, and the mountains, and uh, he's scattered David's army. David has got no friends around him. His friends have deserted him, and he's all alone. Saul is trying to kill him. He sent mercenaries, he sent armies after him. David's life is in daily danger and daily threat. And he writes these words, a little while longer, a little while longer. And friends, I don't know how many times David had to tell himself these words before he wrote them down. I don't know how many times he read them after he'd written them down, but I guess it was a few. And I guess it was a lot. And we have to keep encouraging ourselves with these words, friends, a little while longer. It might be more than a little while. But if I can get up every morning and say to myself, one more day, a little while longer. If I can get up tomorrow morning and say, one more day, a little while longer. Friends, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to begin to encourage myself and I'm going to come through this uh, traumatic time a lot better than if I don't encourage myself every day. Uh, Samuel writes in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 30 verse 6, uh, writes about David's life and gives us a little bit of uh, a view into uh, what, what made David be able to write these words. How? Gives us a perspective of his perspective. And uh, in, in 1 Samuel 30 verse 6, he says this, uh, David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. It's written of the same time of his life's in danger. And then Samuel says, David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. And so because he strengthened himself, he's able to say to himself, a little while longer, a little while, a little while, friends. And, and we need to be able to strengthen ourselves and say to ourselves, a little while longer. Don't let your hearts grow weary. Don't let your, your minds get troubled. Don't let your bodies grow weak. Friends, a little while longer. We need to keep going and we need to keep pushing through. I know it's not great. I know all of those things. If we can say, a little while longer. Uh, one of the one of uh, is, there's an old hymn and there's a line in that old hymn that actually we sung at our wedding, we recorded it for our wedding. There's a line in it that says this: "Strength for today and hope for tomorrow. Strength for today and hope for tomorrow. And if we can strengthen ourselves today, we will have hope for tomorrow. If I can get up today and take and give myself strength for today, I'm then able to have hope." For tomorrow but I can't I can't worry about strength for tomorrow strength for next week because I don't know what's going to happen but if I, if I can strengthen myself today I'm able to have hope for tomorrow and so that to today I hope to achieve two things first of all I hope you to persuade you of something and second of all once I've persuaded you of it I, I want to empower you to navigate your way through it so Paul writes these words in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. He says uh, to the Corinthian church, I didn't come with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. And I think many of us have read that scripture and said, it's not good for us to come with wise and persuasive words. Uh, friends, I don't think that's what Paul is saying. And so I want to tell you a little bit about the context that he's, that he's writing into. Uh, Corinth uh, is a port city in Greece. The Corinthian church is in Corinth. It's a port city in Greece, and the Greeks are well known for their uh, oratory, for their public speaking, for their debating ability, for their intellect, and uh, it's, it's a very intellectual society, uh, and it, it, in essence, an incubator for ideas and progress. That's beautiful. 
The downside of that is when a, a poor speaker and a poor debater with a superior idea comes up against an excellent speaker and an excellent debater with an inferior idea, what was happening was the superior speaker was winning, the superior debater was winning, and not necessarily the superior idea. And so what Paul is saying to the Corinthian church is, I'm not interested in getting into debates and intellect and who's the cleverest and who's the best. I'm not interested in any of that. I'm going to allow the Spirit of God to present to you the superiority of my idea. He's not saying, don't be wise and don't be persuasive. He's saying, be wise and persuasive, but uh, don't get so caught up on being persuasive and wise that you don't come with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. And so every time we preach, every time we teach the Word of God, there should absolutely be a demonstration of the Spirit's power that is demonstrated in a changed life, that is demonstrated in, uh, in, in a change in my life to become more like Jesus every time I, I preach, every time I teach, or every time I sit under the Word. But likewise, our lives as Christians should be persuasive, and so should our words. My life should be persuasive, so should yours. My words should be persuasive, and so should yours. And so today I want to persuade you uh, of something and then I would like to help you once I've persuaded you of that hopefully to help navigate you through what I've just persuaded you of. So I've recently begun to recognize a few things in my life and I would normally describe my natural disposition as happy-go-lucky. I'm a very relaxed uh, type of person. My, my disposition is happy, relaxed, calm, uh, couldn't care less. That, that's, my, uh, that's my natural disposition and yet all of a sudden I'm finding myself reacting to situations that I would have responded to in the past. I find myself coming home or sitting in my room or the lounge and suddenly being overcome with sadness for no particular reason, almost as if it was the early onset of depression. And, and uh, I've been through times of stress, uh, times of high stress uh, in my life, and, but these, these symptoms felt different. These, these signs felt different to what high stress has felt like in the past. And so I began to dig a little bit deeper into what they were. And I began to recognize the symptoms of trauma in my life. I'd never considered myself to be traumatized before because I, I think like most people, I'd considered trauma as an event. And so like getting hijacked, uh, violently hijacked, or perhaps witnessing a murder, something traumatic like that as, as an event. And because that has never happened to me, traumatized is not a word that I would ever have used to describe myself. I never considered it. And because I was recognizing these signs and symptoms, I had to do a little bit of digging. And here's what I found. People who are far cleverer than me, psychologists, uh, they tell us that the signs and the symptoms of trauma are loosely broken up into two sections. First of all, there's emotional and psychological symptoms such as shock, denial, disbelief, confusion, difficulty concentrating, anger, irritability, mood swings, anxiety and fear, guilt, shame, self-blame, withdrawing from others, feeling sad or hopeless, feeling disconnected or numb, and then physical symptoms such as insomnia or nightmares, fatigue, being startled easily, difficulty concentrating, a racing heartbeat, edginess and agitation, aches and pains, muscle tension. And as I'm going through all of these symptoms, I'm just going tick, 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 as I'm sure you are too. In fact, I know you are too, because a, part of, a big part of my days and my life is filled up with meeting with people and leading people through life and leading people to life. And as I interact with people and as I lead people, uh, 
I'm beginning to recognize these signs in their lives too. As society is beginning to come out of our homes and, and start re-engaging schools and work and varsity and, and, and some, some semblance of a social life and what that looks like, I'm beginning to recognize in more and more people, first of all, people that I deal with, and second of all, people in public places, on the roads, and the streets, in society, on social media, on the TV, and the news, I'm seeing these signs manifesting in the vast majority of people in public settings. I think another one of the reasons that I didn't consider myself to be traumatized uh, is because of the extra attention that I've been giving to my emotional health over the last couple of months. As we've been going through this apprentice series, we've been looking at what it means to live like Jesus because I want to do the things that Jesus did. I want to live like Jesus lived. And for me, one of the major adjustments is the attention that I've been giving and that I have given to my emotional health. And so uh, I thought to myself, how can I be emotionally struggling? How can I be emotionally uh, displaying all these symptoms of uh, emotional unhealth when I've been giving focused attention to my emotional health? Something's not adding up. And so I began to uh, recognize them as symptoms of trauma. So I get that healing is a destination, but health is a journey. And I'm more convinced than I ever have been that we are facing widespread societal trauma at this time like we haven't faced in most of our lifetimes. So uh, again, psychologists tell us that there's three categories of trauma. Well, I thought in the past there was only one. Uh, the first is acute trauma, which is, a, which is a, a traumatic event like what I described, perhaps a violent hijacking or witnessing a murder as a, as a traumatic event, and they categorize that as acute trauma. But then below that, there's chronic trauma, which results from repeated and prolonged exposure to traumatic stress, which is absolutely what all of us are going through. And then below that, there's complex trauma, which is uh, being exposed to varied and multiple traumatic events that are often invasive and they're interpersonal. In other words, they affect our personal relationships, which is all of us. This time uh, uh, has been a time of complex trauma for all of us. It's been a time of chronic trauma for most of us. And for some of us, it's been a time of acute trauma. Perhaps you've lost a job. Perhaps you've lost a company that you poured your life into. Perhaps you've lost a loved one over this time. And so you've added acute trauma on top of the societal chronic and complex trauma that we are all facing. And so you've compounded the trauma, which makes the trauma deeper and it makes it far more prolonged and, and uh, the journey to come through that trauma a bit longer. The events, uh, the effects of trauma uh, always place a heavy burden on individuals, on families and communities, and they can create challenges for, uh, for institutions like churches, like NGOs, and for medical professionals. All of the effects of trauma place a burden on individuals and families and the people that have to deal with them. For many people, they uh, go through the trauma and they don't have long-lasting negative consequences and effects. But for some people, uh, the traumatic stress associated with those events takes a lot longer for them to get through and we can actually get stuck. We begin to suffer from what uh, psychologists call PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. And if, if, we, if, our, if our emotions and our symptoms are unable, unable to progress past uh, a certain point, we, we, we can potentially slip into a place where we suffer from that, which sounds like, uh, John, what are you saying? We're going to get PTSD from this pandemic. Friends, I'm not saying that. I'm saying if we don't deal with the effects of the trauma, if we don't first of all recognize that we've been traumatized and then deal appropriately with the effects of the trauma, there is a possibility that some of us can, uh, end, up, can end up traumatized for a long period of time. Unaddressed trauma significantly increases our risk of mental and substance use disorders and also chronic physical diseases. Unaddressed trauma uh, deals with all of those things. 
I'm convinced, like I never have been before, that we are facing societal trauma that we haven't seen since probably the last world war. I get that there's some people, perhaps some people watching today, that have dealt with and are dealing with far deeper trauma than, than what society is going through at the moment. But I'm not talking about individual trauma. Again, I'm talking about widespread societal trauma. Uh, so I, we know that we're all in the same storm, but we're not in the same boat, which means that we all face the effects and feel the effects of this trauma differently, uh, depending on our circumstances. Uh, the most vulnerable in our society is a people group that has just got a whole lot bigger since the start of COVID-19. Uh, my Bible calls me to actively engage with, to care for, to reach, and to love the most vulnerable in society. Those who are suffering the effects of this trauma the deepest and the longest. This is the orphan, the widow, the foreigner, the poor, the elderly, the single parents. All of us are suffering, friends. But the most vulnerable in society are suffering worse than the rest of us. In order for us to care for them effectively, we have to first care for ourselves. Uh, Jesus has asked Jesus, what is the greatest commandment? And he says, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, your soul, and your strength, and then to love your neighbor as yourself. Now, many of us read that uh, as two commands, love God and to love your neighbor. Not many of us, and I don't think any of us would have read it as love God and love yourself. But in essence, there's three parts to those two commands. It's love God with all of your soul, all of your heart, and all of your strength. And then as you love yourself, love your neighbor. I think one of the reasons that many of us don't care for, love, or reach out to our neighbors is because we don't care for, love, and reach out to ourselves. In order for us to care for the most vulnerable in society, we first have to take care of uh, ourselves. As you love yourself, love your neighbor. So I hope that I've persuaded you in this very short time that society as a whole is under trauma. If you're listening to this and you're honestly thinking, I'm not identifying with any of these symptoms, that's great. What I need you to realize is that you're a part of a whole. Uh, you, are, you are not uh, the whole. You are part of a whole. So my hand can't say to me, I don't feel nauseous, therefore your body has not got a virus. Uh, it's just a hand. If you, I, I want to help you to understand uh, and persuade you that we are facing societal trauma so that you can navigate your way through it. Because if you can't see the potholes, you can't steer around them. And so what's going to happen in the next couple of months is you're going to begin to see these potholes. You're going to see these signs. And uh, with, if you don't recognize them, you're going to crash straight into them. And, and you're going to end up going through it a lot worse and a lot longer than you need to. So I said I wanted to persuade you of something. And then I want to empower you through the Spirit to navigate your way through it. So let's look at four quick points and then we're done. How do we navigate our way through this trauma? Number one, we there's some practical things and then some, there's some spiritual things. Firstly, we minimize our media exposure. Some survivors of traumatic events can regain a sense of control by watching media coverage and observing the recovery of others. While others find it's, uh, the constant daily reminders traumatize them even further. Excessive exposure to reminders such as watching videos on uh, social media, on the news, and continually checking with statistics and death rates and infection rates uh, can actually... Uh, create traumatic stress in people that are not directly affected by it uh, and those who are directly affected by it, it can re-traumatize them. See, the problem is that the world pretty much shut down for four months and so for certainly the first eight to nine weeks uh, on news and on social media, there was nothing to report. There was no news other than the traumatic event that we were busy going through, the pandemic, COVID-19. That was the only news that there was to report on, the only thing to talk about on social media. And so wherever you went, that was what you heard. Friends, we have to limit our exposure to the media at this time. Don't watch the news. Don't check social media just before bed. 
uh, refrain from repeatedly viewing disturbing footage. If checking the infection rates and the, and the daily death rates, if that causes you anxiety and stress, just don't do it. The situation's still going to be there. Just don't check, the, just don't check the, the statistics to manage your trauma a bit better. One of the greatest fears that mankind has is the fear of the unknown. And that's what we're facing at this time. The future for many of us is unknown. What the media does is it plays on those fears and it adds confusion, outrage and discontent to our fears and it just compounds them. If the media coverage is leaving you feeling overwhelmed, just take a complete break. Stop looking at the news, stop reading the news, stop, disen- stop engaging in social media for a week or two weeks or at least until your traumatic stress symptoms start to ease and then you can start uh, re-engaging it as you, as you move on. Number two, recognize and respond to the signs of trauma in yourself and the people that you're in contact with. So these signs will vary based on your age, based on your gender, and based on your settings. They're going to change. So for example, in a child that could manifest in your children lashing out and being emotionally volatile, super happy one day, then super angry, then super sad. In elderly people that could manifest perhaps as a lack of motivation to even get out of bed. There's no reason for me to get out of bed and say, so I just have no motivation to Perhaps in spouses that could manifest as distraction. Although what we crave is connection, sometimes the symptoms and the signs of trauma can manifest as distraction, which goes contrary to the connection that we all need. And so uh, we need to recognize these symptoms and signs in ourselves and others so that we're able to respond to them in kindness and with gentleness. The problem is it's because all of us are traumatized, uh, we, we we react out of our place of trauma, to the trauma that we face. And so instead of responding with kindness and gentleness, we lash out and we compound the trauma for others and it just becomes a vicious circle. So again, if we view trauma as a one-off, a specific event, uh, we would have, we would treat the person who had undergone that traumatic event with grace, we would treat them with kindness and we would treat them with gentleness. As they responded to certain situations, we would have more grace for them than we normally would. So if we can all agree that society, all of us, are under traumatic stress, then that should dictate how we respond to ourselves and to other people. Number three, we need to make stress reduction a priority. A certain amount of stress is normal in all of our, in all of our lives and it's sometimes healthy and helpful, a certain amount of stress. But as we're facing a time of trauma, if we are to add stress on top of trauma, uh, it interferes with our recovery from our trauma. If you normally go through life and you deal with your daily stress okay, what, what you need to recognize is that these times are not normal. If you are a person who normally gives intention and to, you actively manage your stress levels, this is a time for you to be hypervigilant and to be aware of the signs of stress in your own life. Because again, if we add stress, extreme stress on top of the trauma, it's only going to prolong the trauma that we're under and hinder our recovery for a longer period. I'm so grateful to God that he's been taking us over the last six or eight months uh, on a journey Looking as we've been preaching through the Apprentice series, what it means to live like Jesus, what it means to be better followers of Jesus, how we should live our lives. I'm so grateful to God that he's been doing that for us because so many of the habits and so many of the disciplines that we've been going through are helpful in actively managing your stress. Things like practicing silence, practicing solitude, uh, practicing worship, practicing meditating on scripture, actively uh, faithfully practicing a proper Sabbath. All of those habits are helpful in managing your stress and they've been indispensable to me as I've tried to manage uh, my stress over this time. Make sure that you're eating well, make sure that you're sleeping well, make eating and sleeping well a priority in your life. And then lastly, speak to a friend. 
Speak to a friend. Don't, don't suffer your stress on top of your trauma in silence. Speak to a friend. If you're in a life group, speak to your life group. And if you're not in a life group, drop us an email and we'll put you in a life group. We want you to belong with people that love and care for you. And we want you to become more like Jesus, to become a better follower of Jesus. And if, you're not, if you don't have a friend and you're not in a life group, get hold of us. We've got an email address set up specifically for care. We've got a WhatsApp number set up for those that don't have access to email. Uh, the point is, speak to somebody, speak to a friend, speak to someone in a life group, speak to us. Uh, don't suffer the effects of stress on top of trauma by yourself. And then lastly, friends, strengthen yourself in the Lord. This is how I've done it. I take care of myself and my family and the people that I'm unable to touch, I have to trust God with. I, as a pastor, I'm well aware that there's people who are suffering at this time uh, and who simply just need to uh, physical comfort, who simply just need to be uh, somebody with them physically, to be hugged, to be comforted, to be, to be close to somebody. And I've got, to, I've got to strengthen myself in the fact that far better than me being with them physically is for God to be with them spiritually. Uh, I'm always struck by these words of Jesus as he leaves the earth uh, he says to his disciples, it's better for me to go. In other words, it's better for me not to be with you physically because my Father is going to send you the Holy Spirit. It's better for you that the Holy Spirit is with you than I'm with you physically. And I've got to, as a pastor, I've got to strengthen myself with those words daily, friends, and I trust that you are too, that you would uh, strengthen yourself with this fact. It's better for you to have the Holy Spirit than it is for you to have me with you right now. We need to be together. Don't, I'm not saying get rid of that desire to be together. We are created to be in community. We are created to be interwoven. Our lives and our stories and our characters are created to be together in community. I'm not saying that's a God-given desire and a gift. Uh, hold on to that. But right now, it's better that the Holy Spirit is with you. He can do a far better job of comfort. He can do a far better job uh, of uh, caring for you, of connecting you than, I, than my physical presence uh, with you could. And so I've got to strengthen myself with that fact, friends, and I trust that you are too. Our Father, who is closer than the air that we breathe, knows our needs. He knows our need for closeness, for comfort, for connection. And he's able to accomplish it far better than my physical presence ever could. Friends, a little while longer, a little while longer. If I can strengthen myself today, I can have hope for tomorrow. Strength for today and hope for tomorrow. What we need to do is to realize that we are in a time of societal trauma. We need to recognize some of the signs of trauma in ourselves and in those that we are close to. We need to respond with kindness and gentleness to intentionally reduce our trauma. And then we need to resist re-traumatization by continually focusing on the trauma. Once we have realized, recognized, and responded to it, we need to continue to strengthen ourselves in the Lord so that we can come through it. Friends, I'd like to pray for you today. What it means to follow Jesus is that I've decided to put all of my trust in Him as the only one who is able to get me to heaven, as the only one who is able to forgive me for my previous way of life and to set me on a path that leads to life, to teach me how to live my life in a way that honors Him and in a way that leads to human flourishing. That's what it means to follow Jesus. And if you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, there's a button on the bottom of your screen that says, I would like to commit my life to Jesus. And that means I'll live my, way, my life the way that Jesus desires me to live my life. I want to follow his way and his pattern. And as a byproduct of that, he gives me his Holy Spirit who empowers me to live this way, to live this life of his. And friends, if you've never done it, if this is the first time you've decided to follow Jesus, please click on that button and then don't only do that. Please request prayer. We've got hosts standing by. I'd love to have somebody 
pray with you. Uh, and I promise you, if you click that button, their face isn't going to pop up on the screen. Uh, a chat box will, and they'd love to pray with you. So uh, won't you do that now, please? The second group of people I'd like to pray for uh, is those who have realized that the, today that they have been traumatized and they haven't uh, realized it in the past. And so today they've recognized perhaps some of the signs, some of the things that I've said, the symptoms of trauma. You've recognized in your own life. Uh, there's, some of the, there's some responses that I've given you today, but in addition to that, I'd like to pray for you. You, you also, if you're on our anthemchurch.tv platform, you're able to request live prayer. One of our hosts would love to pray with you, but I'm going to pray for all of us now. Father, thank you for your son, Jesus. Jesus, thank you for coming to earth to firstly make a way for us to be blameless before God through your death and also to show us a way of life that will continue to transform us when the change around us is constant. Jesus, we repent of living our lives by our own standards and patterns. We want to live with the habits that you have given us so that our growth can be in the direction that you want it to be. We want to learn from you how to live this life. Would you teach us to remain in you so that our lives can bear fruit? Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are the one who comforts us and that you are the one who brings us peace. And we confess today our complete reliance on you. I pray your peace, your rest, and your wholeness over everyone who is listening to this message now in Jesus' name. Thank you for your closeness and your kindness. We worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, thank you for being with us today. If you are visiting, uh, please don't rush off. We've got growth track that gets going uh, shortly after the service on anthemchurch.tv. We tell you a little bit more about our family and our culture, our mission, and the part that you can play in it. So stick around. We've got a bit of a chat in the lounge, and then growth track gets going. Have a great week, friends.